guys. Welcome to the Wentworth CM Club podcast. This is your host, Chase K. Cook, along with co-host Adam. And today we have Chris Chaney. He is an account executive for Swinnerton and a Wentworth alumni from the civil engineering program. So uh, Chris, I was going to ask, uh, what does an account executive do at Swinnerton and what's your favorite part about your job there? Yeah, so I, I actually have a, a pretty unique role within in Swinnerton, who's a uh, large national general contractor. We have 20 offices across the country. Uh, and my role is uh, I'm part of our corporate services group, which basically manages 100 master service agreements with uh, large corporate clients. So uh, I'm tasked with managing roughly 20 out of those 100 accounts. And, and my role is basically the, the single point of contact for those clients nationally. Uh, so I make sure that the client has the same experience from pre-construction to close out regardless of location. So if a client's building with us in Atlanta, Georgia, Austin, Texas, San Diego, and Seattle, the experience from pre-construction to close out is the same. And that's, that's basically my role to make sure our teams are prepared to hit the ground running, have the right resources and deliver on what the client expects and has come to know with Swinerton. So uh, what, what do you, what do you mean by like experience? So experience, yeah, would be um, making sure that the, when we put together a, a bid book, it looks and feels the same regardless of, of, of region. And the way Swinerton is set up is we don't have traveling teams that would basically follow a client all over the country. We rely on our local teams in whichever geography that client's doing work. So it's basically making sure that the submittal process, the RFI process, the billing process, the contractual terms are all met across all of our geographies. Okay, so that's like a that's like a little different than like a project exec. Where, so where... a project executive would be involved on every single one of those projects, but that project executive would be a local resource um, that assists with that division's uh, aspect of the business. Okay, cool. That, that that's cool. Uh, I... I don't think uh, I've heard I've heard of uh, your position, but I, I like that. It's, it's pretty, definitely, yeah. It's, it's a pretty, pretty unique role. We deal with a lot of cool clients. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely a smart move. Yeah, the, the top three that I I manage would are Facebook, Apple, uh, and Microsoft. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's uh, pretty. We build some really cool spaces um, for some really cool clients. Totally. So it's like kind of like client services and keeping like account of um, paperwork and RFIs and you keep them organized and making sure everything's like on time and the budget, like start to finish very consistent. Exactly. So that's an interesting thing to hear. Making, making sure, you know, every client has their milestones on a schedule. So making sure that when we're building a schedule, it, it is exactly what that client's looking for. We also do lessons learned after every project, just that way we have an experience gained and we can just keep getting better and better and better on each on each project. Um, and then I also create and maintain playbooks um, that I can take and develop those with the help of the client that I can take and give to a project team 
as they are um, starting to get involved on a on a project. And that that playbook will take them through through everything. It's basically a huge huge knowledge jump dump from all of our past experiences. Wow. Yeah. So. I was kind of looking on LinkedIn and um, did Swinnerton originally begin in the Bay Area of California, like San Francisco? And I yeah, think so Swinnerton, yes, yeah. So Swinnerton is based out of San Francisco. Uh, the company started in 1888. Wow. We, uh, we actually have California license number 92. Uh, and I think now they're up to the 20, 30,000s. So that's kind of a cool cool to have number 92 as a general. Um, and, uh, and, and since, since 1888, you know, we've been through what two world wars back when construction was happening in 1888. Right. Uh, there wasn't, there was horse and buggy mainly. Um, so it's, it's crazy for a company to, uh, have, have been around that long. Um, in my opinion, as a, as a general, uh, and we've, we've been through a lot. So we have, we have a lot of uh, history, for sure. So um, I was telling my dad that I was interviewing you because, you know, like first guest from California and my dad has a client who's just kind of like general contractor to stuff with like plumbing and restaurants and all that. And um, he asked him about Swinnerton and said, you guys were working on a huge uh, like commercial project in Costa Mesa. And they see the trucks with the two guys and the blue logo <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, our, our, our orange trucks that are, right. that are ugly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I think you also answered, asked Chase about what, what do I enjoy the most? Uh -huh. um, I would say, you know, uh, as a general contractor doing five, $5 billion a year in, in revenue, um, it is hard when you're across 20 offices and doing that much work and that big of a general to, to maintain a culture. Um, but I will say that Swinnerton has done a, a great job of maintaining a culture that truly values its, its people. Um, you know, there, there's some other general contractors that are that size um, that I, I don't think value their people as, as much um, and, and kind of treat their folks as a, as a number instead of a, an asset. Um, so I, I would say it's, it's the people and it's, it's the culture that, that Swinnerton has created. So how, how many people work for Swinnerton? So we are right now around 4,000 folks. Yeah, salary. So that's, that's yeah. definitely gotta be tough to like, keep that culture, like you were saying, and keep that, that feel that you guys want. Yeah. It's especially for 4,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll say, you know, pre, pre pandemic, my role, I had a lot of traveling. I would travel to, to our office. I was, I was usually on a plane every week and um, being based in San Diego, you know, San Diego, our office has its, has its culture, but then I would, I would fly to Seattle and you'd walk into the office and it's the exact same culture. And then you fly to Atlanta, it's the exact same culture. It's just, it, it's crazy how, how we've been able to maintain that with such a far national reach. That's awesome. That like, that's something you don't see typically which, uh, which I, I, I don't think is a great thing. Like I, I, I'm in, I work for a small, small company and we, we almost lose that culture sometimes, but yeah, keep that going over 40, over 4,000 with, is it just the three locations or is it more? 
Oh no, it's it's uh we have twenty locations. Actually. Oh, okay, over over twenty locations. Yeah, yeah. That's that's got to be crazy hard. Yeah. So that really speaks to uh, like the character you guys look for and bring to the table. Yeah, it's um we we definitely per- personality and fit is is huge. Uh, and also we're we're an ESOP too, which is uh, tremendous. Which which allows folks to um that that's a employee share ownership program um but it basically means that everyone has is an owner basically of, of the company and depending on how many does every year it, it it affects your esop in either a positive or, or negative way um fortunately we haven't seen it gone in and go in a negative way for for a decade now so that's that's good but uh yeah the esop part um funny enough i actually looked at the legal letter today uh that was dated 1980 and that's when we decided to go ESOP, which is, which is awesome. It, it was, it was cool. It was, it was from the CEO at that time writing about how we need to, we've been so successful for so many decades that we need to give back to our employees. And that's what sparked the, uh, the ESOP program at Swinerton. So kind of, kind of a cool letter to look at. It was, you could tell it was written by a typewriter. So it's crazy. So you said uh, it, it's employee shared, shared, uh, sorry, what was ownership the program. Okay. Employee share ownership program. Okay. So I can, I can, I can see how that would work on like eat like a lot easily, eat more easily with a smaller company. So how does that like scale up? So it's, um, it, it's basically at the, uh, at the end of every year we, we evaluate where our, our, our fees are at. Um, and obviously you have to cut some of that fees to overhead and just maintaining the, the company. Um, but a big chunk of that, I think 52% of our fees this year went back to employee shares that just keep vesting over time. So when you retire, um, you leave with those shares and, and cash out over a set time period. So put, put that into perspective, actually, we, we, um, we had two years ago, we had a gentleman that came up through pipe fitting, got hired on by Swinerton, and he retired with Swinerton from Swinerton. Um, I, I forget how, how long he was with Swinerton, but he retired from Swinerton with, I, I've heard over $4 million, which is cool. Yes, that, that's, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. And, um, I don't, I don't have it with me and, 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 um, but we could, you know, Chase, if you do come down to, to San Diego, I could show it to you, but it's basically what we should show new hires of, of the, of the wealth you can, you can create, you know, the, the salary is, is, is great, but when you look at the overall picture of wealth and what you can leave from Swinerton with after a career there, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome yeah that's amazing retirement can be you know very stressful for many adults and that's you know a great way to get started with your career and start saving (laughs) yeah Yeah. so uh swinerton originated um on the west coast and now expanded on the east coast how has that process been and um how has covid the you know the pandemic you know since last year um affected the process yeah. Um, so it's been, you know, we were very West Coast based for, for quite some time. Um, and then we, we went east to uh, Denver. 
Uh, and then from Denver, we went down to um, Austin, Texas, Dallas, Texas, uh, Atlanta, Charlotte, Raleigh. And in June of this year, we will actually be open for business in, in New York City. Um, and then far west, even further west than California, we have an office in, in Hawaii. Um, and then obviously, like you said, we're up and down the, the west coast. Um, the, the pandemic, I will say, has been 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 challenging because um, like I said we, we did have a lot of, of folks that would um, regional managers and and you know our executive board would would often be visiting offices for for strategic meetings uh, but I honestly we've we've uh, we've managed to get through on virtual virtual meetings a, a, a lot of them <laughs> as, as, as we're all uh, the new normal that's here yeah yeah meeting through zoom and everything yeah and we actually held our first ever since 1888, our first ever um, virtual shareholders meeting uh, last year, which was which was kind of cool. They set it up like um, like an ESPN Sunday Sunday game day set up, and uh, it was it was it was very cool. Yeah. So switching to virtual over the past couple of years, like, was obviously very weird for everybody, but uh, like going from 1888 to till 2019 with no with everything in person everything personal like that must have been a like a really weird wrench for you guys yeah it um you know we we we, uh we have business technology solutions that's always constantly looking at the newest construction technology and how we can innovate and um be more efficient in our our process of what we do being builders um, so we actually had a lot of technology that we were utilizing prior to the pandemic that have helped greatly um, in the fact that, you know, we were used to having site job site walks with owners, architects, even inspectors um, of the local jurisdiction walking the job. And with that pandemic, you know, a lot of those folks um, were not allowed to come to the job site due to a local orders or, or company um, policies that were put in place. So we, we actually, I don't, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, Matterport, but it's basically a, um, a camera that we can set up on the job site. It does a 360 scan, and then you have all these points and it takes all these, these images, um, puts them all together, and you basically have a walkthrough of the job site at your, at your fingertips. So we were actually doing that. We, we, we had been doing that before the pandemic um, and we were doing it monthly or at major milestones and projects. But we realized, wow, we have this technology. There's folks that need to come and see this job site or are wanting to see how this job site is progressing. So we started doing these Matterports weekly and sending them out with a link and, and the clients, the architects. I mean, we were doing we were doing site walks with the architects and asking questions, utilizing this um, this technology and also we're, we're utilizing FaceTime off of our phones for local inspectors to come out and do in-wall electrical inspections, framing inspections. So it's, uh, it, it's been, I will give everyone kudos throughout this entire pandemic in this industry of being extremely flexible. We thought we were flexible prior to the pandemic, but everyone just adapted big time and, and kept work going. So we've, we've finished some of our most uh, challenging and exciting projects through through the pandemic, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I've never heard of Matterport before. 
and I never knew that type of technology even existed which is super cool and then like another thing in the construction industry you're always learning something every day so you know that's just an example and I remember seeing this other device somewhere where you can put it on a site and it can help detect like floods or leaks or anything like that happening on the site if you're not on the site so yeah um interesting to see how that expands yeah i i don't have any personal experience with 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 that um device one thing that we did have um was spot the robot dog so i don't know if you guys have seen that too but um it's basically this robotic dog i, I forget the company that that makes it um they loaned it to us it as a, as a test. maybe i'm sorry is it Viega? Maybe I've seen. I feel like it's. It might be Boston Dynamics. Okay. Um, but but don't don't quote me on that. But um, basically, this dog. It was actually on one of my uh, Facebook projects in in Austin, Texas. This dog at, at night. It would rest during the day, and I'm just calling it a dog. It's a robot, but it looks like a dog. Um, and it would rest. It would rest during the day, charge up. Then, as the job site closed, this this robot would get up and walk the floors to check progress so we could see real time. So he, he would go and let's say we know we were supposed to hang 40 linear feet of ductwork that day. This dog would walk during the middle of the night while the job's empty, scan all the progress throughout the day and go, you actually installed 60 linear feet of ductwork today. So you guys are ahead of schedule on level seven. And then, and then level eight, you know, it, it, it actually climbs stairs. It goes up to eight and it goes, you guys are behind. 20 linear feet on on level on level eight it, it's uh it's cool wow so so the uh cool. the field guys can't get away with anything then huh yeah yeah it's a little, <laughs> it's a little too much but uh it's uh it, it it's cool i mean it's it's um i will say that business business technology side is is they've got some really cool stuff brewing yeah i don't um I, I think i've heard of matterport but i don't think i've heard of companies using it it, it was more just like for tours and stuff that i've seen yeah um but like the i think this is the most i've talked i've talked about and like heard the business technology actually like being implemented in a company and it's like it's it's crazy like i, I wouldn't have thought it would have put you guys like that that far ahead like it would have it, it sounds like a huge huge boost yeah no it's it's um it's cool it, you know and and as soon as a client sees it they're like oh man we need this we need this on every every project it, it's great and, and you know what the cool thing about Matterport is too is um besides the progress walks like I said prior to the pandemic um we were still doing it through the pandemic but we were um using utilizing Matterport like right before we close close walk and, and then basically you have a you have a living document right we, we have the as-builts uh, on the drawings but you also have a you also have a, a video of oh okay hey what's in this wall what's behind this wall and you could go back to that Matterport and go, oh, you know what? There's a there's a plumbing riser behind that wall. We we can't we we can't move this wall. There's no there's no reason. You know, if for future, it helped out with um, being a complement to our as built drawings. That's super cool. Yeah, it's cool stuff. Yeah. Um. So you said you grew up in New York, so you came basically from East Coast to West Coast. Correct. Did you see a difference in how construction was done or like difference in materials because of weather and environmental conditions? 
Um, the, the, so I, I did construction in New York City for seven years, right after graduating from from Wentworth. Um, and from and from there, I went to to Austin, Texas. So that's that's a and then I did construction in Austin, Texas for seven years. Um, I will say that was a major change um, on a in a very in, in a city that basically has a, a huge union presence uh, in the construction industry to a city that has zero union presence. That that was a, a big a big um, eye opener to myself. Um, which you know did lead to there's quality and, and some scheduling. Um, I will say New York City construction is definitely very fast paced compared to what I was experiencing in um, in, in Austin, Texas. And now moving west coast, um, the, just the seismic and and the amount of inspections on the west coast is um, not something that we that I saw uh, in in Texas or in New York City. Yeah, California is definitely due for an earthquake. <laughs> the seismic um, is is yeah, it's a constant constant deal. We're constantly we, one, one of our big things too is we go in and do seismic retrofits on existing buildings, um, which I can't really I, I I don't I don't do it, but we have a whole group that just focuses on that. Yeah, and with Texas experiencing the super cold weather and the snow. Like it's kind of sad what's happening to some infrastructure and buildings. So yeah, we're looking like at possibly talking to someone in the future about seeing how the weather impacted the buildings and what they're gonna do in the future. <laughs> yeah, it's um I, I can shine a little bit of a light on that. It's uh it'll be interesting to watch how design standards or if design standards change based after that that winter event. Uh, but but I do know there was a lot of buildings and infrastructure that um, that failed. We were, we were seeing sprinkler mains freezing, breaking, um, and and flooding out whole buildings. There, there's there's one of our clients that was in a multi-tenant building that was eight stories, and uh, a sprinkler main broke on the eighth floor and flooded out the entire building. Yeah. So so water water at that building ran out of that sprinkler line over four days wow. yeah so it's uh it's pretty crazy so yeah we're, we're all watching I, I know some projects that we had currently going there um they're rethinking on the mechanical side and plumbing side for design Definitely. so it'll be it'll be interesting to see if the code changes yeah adam and i are taking building systems this semester so it's just about plumbing fire protection hvac and electrical we're going over those systems and in the fire protection unit they're like there's something about like these dry pipes or something. And the professor, the professor was like, why do you think those would be dry? And I'm like, I don't know. And then he was like, because pipes can freeze. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like just like things freezing. It just didn't sound familiar to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, that's completely wild to me. Cause like, like that, like, that's the first thing that came to my head. Like, like, oh, the pipes will freeze. But like where, where Chase has been in California her whole life, she's like, pipes don't freeze. I didn't even know you had to like shovel snow at 5 a.m. Like, <laughs> your driveway and stuff. Oh, it's the worst. I, I, I did not miss uh, scraping ice off my car window at, at 5 a.m. in the Northeast. Definitely, definitely yeah. do not. So. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, today was like the first spring day we've had in a long time. And it just it felt, it's, it was so nice. It was so <laughs> nice. T-shirts and shorts, right? Yeah, I got my T-shirt on right here. 
Love it. Love it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have a sweater on. It's like, it's, it's like 60 out here. Under 70 is like hoodies in California. <laughs> yeah, my parents are from Michigan and or Minnesota and Michigan, and they definitely don't miss the cold weather and like you know, freezing on the bus and like eyelashes freezing and opening the door and there's like big pile of snow. Yes. <laughs> All that stuff. Crazy. The, yeah, they uh, took a trip out to La Jolla, I think, when they're in college and they're like, we're moving here. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's a that's what everyone does. They if they if they're not from California and they come and go to school here, they uh, they don't go home. So yeah. we do have our sunshine tax though. It's not it's not cheap to live here. Oh, exactly. Yeah, that's why I moved from Orange County, Marietta, basically. Definitely a big factor. <laughs> So, Chris, what's like yeah. one of like the cool, coolest projects you've worked on? Um, you know what? You know what's one of the coolest projects recently that I, I worked on was, I would say, we got approached by this client, um, new, new client to us, got approached by this client June, June of last year. So, so in in the pandemic, um, and they said, hey, we they, they are a COVID test manufacturing company. They said, hey, we need to be manufacturing a million test kits by July 4th of this year. Keep in mind, they approached us June, right? So that's that's four weeks. Um, and in order to do this manufacturing, they needed three ISO, ISO 10 clean rooms, um, which it's a that's a that's a hefty lift to to do in a three month, four month time schedule. And they wanted to do it in a month. Um, we looked at it, got a lot of our subject matter, magic, subject matter experts involved. And um, we, we were able to successfully finish that project. We actually finished it in, in three weeks. So we got it open prior to their, their due date and when they needed to start making these, these test kits um, and their initial projected run was going to be a million kits a week um i actually talked to them at the end of it was december of 2020 and they were making a close to 10 million kits uh a week a week out of that facility so it was uh we were working 24 7 but we we got it open and it's uh, it's a cool story to tell that we uh were involved in building the facility that made a bunch of test kits so very cool Totally. Is that facility in the San Diego area? It is. That's awesome. It and is. that's great to hear that that manufacturing facility probably brought a lot of skilled jobs. Yeah, it, it did. And um, it's uh, I, I just can't believe the numbers that they they're, they're pumping out of there on, on the test kits. Definitely, definitely a cool story. Yeah, especially with the COVID world. It's definitely helping people stay safer. <laughs> yeah, the, I, I would say the other that that's a cool story because because it's the pandemic and it's helping out the, the greater good I'll, I'll say the other probably one of my other favorite projects was building a facebook our first facebook project um that's Twinerton completed in in austin texas i was actually a, a project manager on that project but it was um two floors in an existing facebook space um that had a had a kitchen that was going to serve 3000 employees in the span of an hour, uh, breakfast, lunch, and, and dinner. 
uh, it was a, it was a, it's a cool, cool looking space. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, going, go, even going back there pre pandemic, it was, it, it's still one of those jobs. You're like, wow, this is, this is cool. This was a, this is a really cool looking space required a lot of effort and it, it turned out great. So kind of switching gears for a second, you graduated Wentworth with a civil degree, right? Correct. So yeah. was like the plan always to get into construction or what, did something happen that made make you want to shift over? Yeah. So actually I, 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 my freshman year Wentworth, I was in the architectural program. Um, and then I switched over to civil engineering and um, my two co-ops were at a general contractor in, in New York city. Uh, and I enjoyed both of those co-ops thoroughly that I, I decided that I was going to stay in construction. Nice. Nice. That's, that's what I like to hear from a uh, construction, construction management major. I got, I got some, uh, I got some friends in the civil engineering one. So it's, uh, it's nice to hear, nice to hear that we, uh, we got some, some people coming over our side. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, it's a lot of my, a lot of my buddies that went through civil with me are still at their, they're at GC firms. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that's so that must be pretty common then like to see uh like other disciplines coming into the construction field like yeah um, and you know it's funny i was talking with um uh, a few of your folks on the a few of the wentworth board folks uh two weeks ago and um we were talking about co-op opportunities and uh they asked the question on are you, are you looking just for construction focused majors. And, and I said, honestly, we're looking for personality and, and talent and, and people that are willing to learn the, the industry. Um, I, I could care less if they were architectural, English major, uh, history major, or, or a construction management major. Um, so yeah, it's uh, like, like I said, I, I think that's what makes Swinerton unique is we hire for the people. Definitely. I've, and I've also um, seen a lot of architect and civil engineering construction management majors all, you know, like blend together at the end because, you know, just the common interest in project management, that passion, it's just like very hands-on and it's, you know, team-based. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some other, uh, is there, what else uh, we could uh, chat about? Is there anything you want to know about us? Anything, uh, anything you wanted to talk about? Yeah, that you know what, uh, it, it'd be interesting to hear what what has been your favorite course or class, oh, yeah. North, and why? Okay, so um, my favorite course was definitely the building construction lab because it was very hands on, and you would get like all suited up in your you know, neon vest and hard hat and glasses, and you would work with your team. And in that case, the like some of my best friends were part of my team. And we made like mini CMU cavity walls and wood frame and put it all up together at the end. I just really liked how hands-on it was and like, just like getting like dirty on the job. <laughs> and like, I never really had construction exposure before. So it was just a lot of fun to do that. That, that, that's great yeah so definitely want to do something on site in the future that's what I learned from that 
Yeah, what I was going to say is that um, I think I think when you first get into the industry, get out on the job site as as much as you can. That that is where you will learn the most. Um, and even if you're not wanting to go down a superintendent career path, being out there day to day and seeing what the superintendent and the assistant superintendent and all the foremen and all the trades are going through. When you're sitting in the office, fast forward a, a few years, you, you, it's good to know what's going on out there. It, it'll, it'll allow you to be at the right mindset and have the right communication skills to that team that's out there. Yeah, my- uh, that, that, that's, that's not an easy job be out there in the field. Definitely. The guys work a lot of hours and it's, it's exhausting and, and the stress is, is definitely out there. So if you can support that from the office, you you are on the right path. Sorry, Adam, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say, I completely agree with you with the field thing. My, my boss told me like the best project exec was the best PM. The best PM was the best APM. That was, that was the best super. And like, that was the best carpenter and they, and he was the best uh, laborer. So definitely uh, it, it shows how much to, like just being in the field and like seeing everything go down really, uh, really benefits you in the long run. Yep. So I can, I completely agree with you. I, I was working labor all summer at a uh, couple different sites, but I, uh, I, I was told I was going to be a, an assistant super for a little bit. And I, I got a couple weeks in there, but they kept on needing me for labor. So I just kept on going back. Nice. Yeah. But to, uh, to answer your question from earlier, I think my favorite class was we had a, a building, uh, a building drawing system, uh, a building drawings class, which was a mixture between Revit and like physical oh, construction graphics. Yeah, construction graphics. Um, and I, I wouldn't want to do that every day, for my whole life. But like being able to look through a set of plans and like know exactly where something is and know where to where to look and how it's supposed to look in real life, like in three D, um, it's definitely sort of satisfying to uh to know how to do that. that, that that's, that's great to hear. Um, we are seeing so many more projects, uh, I'd say in recent, over the last two or three years, um, going through that VDNC, we call it the virtual design and construction process of um, basically fully, fully coordinated um, 3D models that, um, even even in my my interactions with with clients, some of them were hesitant at the at, at front, going, "No, it's going to take too much time at, at the beginning of the job to get that model to 100% signed off and 100% coordinated." But the amount of time you save on site when material starts to show up and you're not having to write field RFIs on the spot because you have a, a clash issue, it it, it saves. A, a, an insane amount of time and allows for so much more production to happen on site. And also you're not, you know, fab ductwork sometimes gets fabbed up materials get brought up to a floor and then you realize you have a clash. So then you got to bring that ductwork back down, either rework it or, you know, re recycle it where if you have a fully modeled set of, of MEP, drawings every piece of material that hits the job is going to go and get installed which is which is cool that's really cool to me because I, I like I like being able to 
look at it, look at look at the plans and know where it's supposed to go. But like to look at the plans and then model it, so like that, like you know that's where it's going, like a hundred percent without any like, right. like you don't have to rely on your brain to make sure it's right. Like that's just like the whole the whole next step, and like that I I think that's a really cool part about Swinerton, like that they can that you guys can uh bring that aspect into it and like really elevate the production and like efficiency even even like it might if even if it is a little front heavy getting all that modeled and all that ready but like you said long run miles ahead it, it pays off even myself I, I was skeptical on the first job that we, we wanted to model i was like eh, it doesn't i don't think we have it in the schedule and it, it did take a little bit more time up front but we saved a lot of time um once we once we got into production mode the, the other cool thing about that modeling adam is that um especially with, with some of my clients, you're, you're dealing with end users that um, they, 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 their skill set is not looking at drawings and, and being able to understand drawings and what that'll look like in the real world. So when you can 3D model it and then fly them through the model, they can very easily go, oh, wait, this conference room is too small. I, I need it to be able to fit six more people. It, I'd rather have them catch it there then when the walls are framed up and then we have to move everything um, yeah. because that's, that's time and money. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even, I didn't even really think about that part. Like, like the client experience must be completely different. Like being able like, like you said, being able to like, phys- like not physically walk through it, but like walk through and make sure everything is like how they want it to be before they, before they even break ground on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you just said, like that's, that's time and money right there. That's, and and overall satisfaction with your customers, like keeping them coming back and making sure they have a good experience. Like, like you've said the, this whole podcast the, with the uh, culture. You, you, did, you took the last little blurb out of my mouth right there, Adam. I was going to say it also, it also leads to a happy client. So that's good. You're, you're already on the right path, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the right, um, the same thing with technology and like building construction also applies to estimating with the Bluebeam software. So that was my, probably my first or second favorite class construction estimating. I liked using Bluebeam. It was like really, like it's easy to use, but I like the challenging aspect of like preparing QTOs through Bluebeam. We had to do these like 40 concrete beams and I had to measure all the rebar on there and I was able to organize it all and then um, convert it to a CSV file, right in Excel, just plug in the equations and QTO good to go. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's cool. I, I did, uh, I did estimating for maybe, maybe four months and it's, uh, it is not, not my, my cup of tea, but there's, uh, th- those that enjoy it, they do a great job at it for sure. For sure, it's definitely not easy, but you know, like preparing a good bid and and an accurate estimate is like critical in a project to execute it smoothly. Yep, you you know, uh, yeah, exactly. If the job's not set up right and doesn't have the the right budget or wasn't thought through at a at a pre con estimating standpoint, it usually ends up being a pretty pretty tough and challenging project. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, Adam. <laughs> no, I was gonna say I agree with him. Like estimating is definitely very good to know, so you can so you know what you're missing or you know what you need to look for. But like, I could not do it for a lifetime. Much less. They always get blamed. They get blamed for everything too. Office setting. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah no you're definitely right the <laughs> the uh estimators definitely get the short end of the stick no matter what yeah everyone blames everything on the estimator wrong yeah. number wrong stub yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to count light fixtures on a on a no. drawing for sure. No. <laughs> no. But I mean honestly, like like you said, it might be a little easier if they, like moving it from uh from drawings to like physical like the the uh, walkthrough programs. Yeah. Like, but even that, even that that's a little that's a big ask of the uh client to get someone to do that for them. Yeah. There, there's to- there is some software that you can take. Um I don't know where we're at with this, but uh, there is software you can take that from that 3D model. It'll actually generate a, a cost report based off uh, the oh, yeah. uh, linear fee or light fixture counts or or uh, that's, you know, flooring type. It's cool. Yeah, that's got to that's got to save at least a week. Like like just getting prices and everything. Yeah, well, it, you it, can Revit automatically makes schedules too, and I'm sure they can generate other things. <laughs> yeah. The, the technology is it, it's it's crazy it, you know we still even with that with that um with that cost analysis that you would pull out of a model um it's nice to have to shore up and make sure that um our estimating group it, it's nice it's a checks and balances basically yeah and technology is uh, moving more from servers to cloud so like less servers crashing and not as much worry for backup systems basically i kind of went into that uh maybe like a month ago we did a tech talk episode with a it manager for construction so we learned a lot about that oh nice <laughs> yeah nice. and the softwares they use so we learned about like sage and procore and all that <laughs> very cool yeah we we use um we use cmic for all of our document management and financial management of a of a project so it's 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 very similar to uh to a pro core or a, or a prologue um mm-hmm. and it has the it allows for a collaborative usage as well so you can invite the architect and the owner and the engineer to all be in cmic and and you can um see whose ball in court for an rfi or a submittal is out there so that's kind of kind of cool yeah, no, the, these construct just talking about the the construction technologies got me uh, got me excited about it about the future for it. And, and what um sorry, can you guys remind? Are you guys um are you guys freshmen, sophomore, junior, senior? Sophomores. We're sophomores. Both of us sophomores. I'm straight up construction management, no concentration, and Adams in the facilities management concentration program. So we're taking like slightly different classes, but. Like still learning like the core of everything yeah yeah nice yeah and I, I was excited to hear talking to um some some other wentworth folks that that um you guys are you know wentworth all, all always did a great job at teaching the technical skills um but it sounds like now they are adding in um some business acumen and just types of help, helping folks once they get out into the real world to understand the business decisions um not just the the construction side of the house which is which is good i took a financial accounting economics and then i think there's managing and leading organizations and a couple more business classes i think those come a little closer to junior senior year but i've definitely gotten exposure to you know like how economics work and financial accounting yeah i'm I'm taking my uh 
we only need one extra class for a business management minor. So I'm taking that right now. So it's definitely good to hear that it's worth it. Uh, and, and like in, in jobs and career wise, cause it's definitely more, it's definitely more of a drag than like construction co- uh, courses. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but definitely encourage everyone to pay attention in those, those, those business classes. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, uh, it's nice to go in and know what's happening at a much higher level in the company to ensure that, uh, the company keeps, keeps growing. Right. And is stable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loaded on 19 credits right now and the max is 20. So I'll yep. have to take that more class when I have a lower credit semester. <laughs> yeah. I'm at 20 right now. It's a, it's a busy semester. It's no joke. When you I, I, I always remember plus. going, I remember going home for like Thanksgiving break and then winter break and, and, you know, talking amongst my friends who went to other other schools and universities and we would compare credits for each semester and, and for some reason I was like always way higher than all of my Wentworth Wentworth Jams and Men which no, no complaints that they they crank yeah, out you're technical talent, from the start <laughs> yeah it's uh they'll load you up so they make it so that when you get to the real world the real world's easy you're on you're on a vacation so. <laughs> yeah no that that's that's really good to hear like coming from uh someone in the industry it's just, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely encouraging. Yeah, no, I mean, seriously, Wentworth prepared me uh, greatly for the, for the real world and the construction industry. I, yeah, I, that's I amazing. Say enough good things about Wentworth. I, do I was a, just about to ask how Wentworth, you know, prepared you. <laughs> I do have a uh, quick question. I know Wentworth is like really, really big, like in the Northeast, like East Coast, like it's very, very big, like very well known. How about like, as you go across the country, like, like, south midwest and then out west where you guys are yeah so um i will say it's not as well known as the schools that are based here uh, on the west coast um even even swinnerton um we have a talent committee and, and part of that talent committee is college recruiting so we identified um 20 schools throughout the country that we want to recruit talent from we were already pretty much doing that unofficially, but we've, we've organized it. Um, and when this committee got started up, our, our president, so, no, so number two at, at Swinnerton, um, we started to go through the schools and, and he stopped everyone and said, I, I don't see Wentworth on the list. And every publication I read talks about the talent and how good Wentworth is at, at creating talent. And he said, we need to add them to the list and we need to find alumni within Swinnerton that can go out there and, and then talk to Wentworth and uh, get our brand recognition out there. Um, here, here I am. Uh, we, have, we actually have a few, few Wentworth alum throughout, but uh, that, that is the story of how Wentworth got onto the uh, recruitment list. And, and I will say, when you look at that recruitment list, it's very West Coast, Southeast based. The mm-hmm. old in the Northeast is Wentworth. And when you look at school size, Wentworth is in a bucket of its own. So kudos to Wentworth for, for making it on that list and making a big splash. Right, right. There's definitely, uh, definitely, uh, sorry, what a Regency bias, like, like around like, Obviously, Wentworth's going to be big in the Northeast. Like, Caltech is going to be big out in California. 
southeast but like that's that's really cool to hear that like Wentworth is getting recognized nationwide because I know uh yeah yeah and I know like it's it's expected to not be as big on the other side of the country but it's it's good to know that our name's out there and that you guys that we are getting I guess recruited a little bit (laughs) no it's uh and you know what though and and the folks that do do know the school um they're 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 you know out here on the west coast when i say i'm a graduate of wentworth people are 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 shocked because like you said a lot of people uh, you know go to wentworth and i think they stay in that northeast sector but it's cool when you you find someone outside of um the the northeast that's familiar with with wentworth um and 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 they know the school and they know what what it's capable of chase you're an outlier in california going to wentworth so yeah funny story so my dad saw the school first or found it online because I was looking at playing college volleyball at the um, division three level and I knew I wanted to take a technical route with my major so he found that school and I looked at the volleyball program and they had a really great record and I was kind of looking at the majors and I was like construction management is probably the one I'd be most interested in and I emailed the coach and he was like hey construction management here's number one number two in the country and um oh and then they uh, mentioned the co-ops that what it that's what it was so he's explaining that part that there's two you know paid semesters and um I was like wow that's the icing on the cake with this great program and the athletics and academics balance so that's kind of like how I came to Wentworth <laughs> yeah I mean I'll, I'll say the, the exact the exact same the, the co-op print program sold me um and, and the amount of uh the percentage at which um uh students get hired yeah and the alumni network is so huge too yeah and they're very supportive of the students at Wentworth currently yeah I'll, I'll, invested in their careers exactly I'll say for for a smaller scale school that the alumni are, are are very uh very strong network exactly like what you said Chase definitely even in my year, connecting with peers on LinkedIn and everything, just getting started early and supporting each other and, you know, being there in the future. <laughs> I'm glad to hear the uh, volleyball team is still have, has a great record. It was it was a good, good, uh, good record when I was there as well. Yeah, we went uh, 22 and eight my freshman year and then sadly no season sophomore year. <laughs> Bummer. But the year before I came, we went to the NCAA tournament where the top 64 teams in the country compete for national championship but sadly lost in the first round but it was our first run ever there so that's awesome cool yeah 22 and 8 is an incredible that's an incredible season that's awesome yeah it was awesome a lot of young players too so it's cool so so what um outside of the class what do you what do you got and outside of the class and outside of the co-op what's 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 your favorite thing about about Wentworth the CM program's literally like family. <laughs> Adam and I stay connected. Me and my other friends from different states stay connected even throughout the pandemic, like working together through school and everything. So I just really like the family aspect of the CM program. I feel like it definitely sets itself apart from other majors at other schools. That's uh, and Adam, before you answer that, I'm glad to hear that because um, uh, even that when I was in civil, um, the network was 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 very very tight you know we I had pretty much it was the same class group of classmates through each yeah each class throughout the day and then we'd all go and um you know work 
do homework together in the library and then we go play basketball together and and it was uh it was it was it, i'm glad to hear that that it still is a tight tight knit it's not the class ends and everyone goes their their separate ways that's, that's yeah cool back here. on campus we'd go to each other's dorms and do homework we would get the waffles at midnight at the bd hall oh yeah that's <laughs> the, only good. At the, gym together, the only the only good food out of bd are the midnight waffles <laughs> so good <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think like Wentworth as a whole would be the community just because it's all like tight knit. Um, but especially in the CM department, like like the I'm on, we're both on the e board. Um, so like yeah, yeah for the CM club. Uh, and like that that in itself is very tight. But like the people I go to classes with, and then especially in my facilities management concentration, like there's 20 of us. Uh, and like we go through all the same classes, same time, same people for the, for the next two and a half years. Uh, so that's very cool that I get to like, that I get to know everybody that well. And same with the uh, CM classes that I take because 90% of the time it's people I know and people I get to work with and people I get to hang out with. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. It hasn't changed. Uh, and, and like, seven, so that's good. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the network is uh, incredible just how well they set us up for after school so uh be, being are you guys vir you guys are obviously virtual what's what's the uh what have you found the most challenge challenging being virtual i would say probably productivity because <laughs> like being in boston and you know like in my dorm working really hard or sorry I would be in the library doing homework or other areas and then in my dorm I would relax because it was like my home and then that same like principle applied to home when I was there for winter break or spring break it was very relaxing not very school so when the pandemic hit I'm like I have to work at home so it was just kind of like productivity and motivation challenges yeah and I think I've definitely been doing better but it's kind of still a challenge <laughs> yep yeah, I agree that that separation between work and like relaxation just isn't there anymore. I'm, I'm I have I have one class in person, so I'm kind of getting back into swing. Like that that class, I think I'm probably doing best in uh, next to my facility management course. Um, but like the the other ones, it's just kind of it's like you sit through the Zoom meeting and then you know you have homework, but like your bed's like right there, so like it's just it's so much easier to be like oh I'll, I'll lie down for a couple minutes and then do it and then that turns into four hours later and you're like well I got another class now oh my gosh I'm glad I'm not the only one <laughs> yeah the, the the separation I could see how that's uh definitely definitely challenging even even in the, the the beginning stages of the pandemic when the office was was shut down it was um it was difficult to to separate um or even take a you know get up and take a a breather for for 10 minutes you know it's you you lose all that um what, what, one thing i would encourage you guys to do if you're not would be to make make sure you keep these meetings these these type of virtual meetings on camera with your with your classmates and, and keep it collaborative on on camera so you guys are sophomores so you would be doing co-op next next year then yeah i'm looking at this summer and then spring 2021 which is the mandatory one and then fall 2022 i think which is the senior mandatory one so i'm looking to get three in yeah I, i'm 
I'm trying to get three also. I I, te- I technically do. I just need my boss to sign off on the paperwork. I did nice. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because got... the Sorry. co-op requirement, you have to be, like, supervised and work, like, 32 to 40 hours per week. Yeah, yeah. All those guidelines. <laughs> I wish I could do 40 hours a week. In that, uh, in that program, do you see a lot of students, they do their first co-op, and then they return immediately back to the to that company on their second co-op, or...? I've seen a mix of both. Through the CM program, I've definitely heard recommending trying different companies and different positions like do one in scheduling or estimating and then do something on site, try different companies. So I kind of think I would, I mean, I'm not sure yet. I would definitely want to mix things up. Yeah, my suggestion would be definitely um, if you're going to stay with the same company, which there's nothing wrong wrong with that um i would definitely ask for a different type of, of role and exposure um and then if you're not going to go same company uh, you know i would i would encourage folks to 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 you know if you're if you're going gc on your first um your first go around maybe look at not necessarily a gc assignment on your on your second one um but yeah definitely definitely getting a exposure to the different elements that goes into the construction industry would be would be a good good call you you kind of you kind of answered our our typical closing question any uh with any advice any any words any words of the wise to, yeah, to, to we're the youth perfect. <laughs> yeah no <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's all it, it is it, it is a challenging industry um however there's a lot of folks that can provide the service so it's it's really about the experience and, and making sure that you're taking care of the client from from day one to to close out and you'll uh you'll be successful in this career awesome, awesome. And, and and you know what to add to that it's not just the relationships with the client you need to develop relationships with your team the building manager the architect the engineer the subcontractors all is all is equals. It takes a team, like you guys talked about earlier in this this podcast. Yep, <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for yeah. No, no today. worries. I'm I'm. Uh, I hope you got enough. If if not, um, I can definitely hop on for another thirty minutes at some other time if you want to add something else in or not. Awesome. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, and, and Chase, if you do want to seriously, if you do want to come down and visit or go to a job job walk. Um, let me know. We'll get, we can get it set up. Perfect. Yeah. Adam, if you want to fly out, the, the yeah. invites, the invites out there, so. Awesome. Next, next time I'm uh, out near San Diego, I'll, I'll swing by. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate that. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for being flexible and moving this too. I know. I. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Of course. Thanks for taking the time to check out our podcast. The Wentworth Construction Management Club is part of Wentworth Institute of Technology, a university in Boston, Massachusetts. We are always looking for new guests. If you are interested in coming on the show, please email us at cmclub at wit.edu. If you are interested in purchasing a 30 or 60 second ad to be broadcast during our show, please email cmclub at wit.edu with your name contact information, and a description of what you would like to promote. Be sure to follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search for WITCM Club. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the CM Club podcast.